0: what's up guys i'm in the new pad if you watched any of the united daily episodes last week you would have seen me featuring a load of boxes well today all you can see is me with a rubbish headset mic i do apologize for the sound quality today i've not yet found a box which all my equipment's in a window in the background The bedroom is upside down still, but we are here. We're in a new pad. We're in one piece. It's a good day today. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, I know there was a bit of disappointment over the result last night. We're going to discuss that. We're going to see how Twitter reacted. Uh, Loads of great tweets. I think we're going to cover four or five. Uh, The point of those tweets is to shape the conversation that we're all going to have. Uh, Not to comment, obviously, on that person's views. Everyone's entitled to their own view. I'm just going to pick out some of the best tweets that I saw, and we're going to use them as discussion points. Get in the live chat. If you're on any other platform, youtube.com forward slash all for united Come hit that subscribe button. Come and discuss with us the topics that we're talking about while Stu and Bits and Bobs and me are having a good old gander on yesterday's game. Uh, Bits and Bobs from the football terrace. uh, Stu, who you see on this channel quite a lot. Would you believe it? We're going to play Stu Bingo today. If he mentions that he used to play football, do a shot. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be, you'll be pissed. You will be pissed by the end of it. <laughs> oh, but mean. we love
1: Stu's thoughts.
0: We love mean. his opinions. He comes from a very unique place that none of us can because I, I play, but mate, five a side as far as I go. Um anyway, get in the live chat, guys. Let's kick off with our um let's kick off with opening of thoughts. Stu, let me come to you first. Um to keep it really brief because we've got a lot to chat about. Yeah. Um hmm. just reaction to yesterday, now everything's died down.
2: Yeah, look, um, it was pretty much what everybody expected. I did uh, predict a 1-0 win for us. It didn't come about because for whatever reason, we can't seem to score against the top six. Uh, I thought, in general, we handled Chelsea's overall play pretty well. Um, But, I mean, during during the game, players have got to really evolve and we just don't seem to have the insight or the wherewithal to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, And that was our main issue yesterday. So, um, am I happy with the point? No, we really should have gone there for all three points.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Bits, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed because, um, uh, first of all, I think, um, well done to the defence, clean sheet, you know, brilliant away to um, Chelsea. Um, I think from midfield onwards, quite disappointed because if this was a boxing match, we were just bobbing and weaving, you know, just making sure we didn't get hit and we never landed any shots at all. Um obviously we came into it a little bit, we had a little bit of moments, but you know it's, it's, I think I still think it's another opportunity missed because with their two central defenders, I at least thought we were gonna get some change off them personally. Um, I just wanna say something I'm very happy for Daniel James though. So a lot of slander on him, but I'm quite happy for him because I thought he I thought he'd done himself proud. But yeah, disappointed, but Listen, they look at the table, they're still looking up at us, so we move. Yeah, and that's a very
0: important point to make. Look, I'm put this I put this point on Twitter this morning, actually, because there was quite a reaction online after the draw yesterday. Uh, you don't lose the title or your league position drawing away to the big six. You do mm. that by losing at home to Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, dropping points at West Brom against Everton in the final minute. That that's where You cock up your season. You don't by drawing at Stamford Bridge. Yes, of course, we can all comment on the game and the play, but do you know what? And someone put out a tweet earlier on, we've drawn like, is it seven games against the big six, nil-nil, like we we haven't conceded against them. That is a big positive, put in mind every weekend, every two days, all anyone talks about is how shite our defence is. Well, the bigger teams can't score against us. Yes, we need to do more going forward, but look, have we got a world-class number nine that can consistently play games? No. Have we got a world-class winger that can play games? No. Have we got 2 fullbacks that are in their prime and world-class? Luke Shaw's getting there. Wan-Bissaka's a project moving forward. Don't get me started on Scott and Fred yesterday because that's a big talking point. I actually, <laughs> I, was, I, I actually think they didn't play badly, but that was the worst game between the two of them that I've seen in a long time. If, yeah. By the way, if we, I was telling at the start, if we were playing drinking bingo with Stu, right? Taking shots every time he said something. If we were listening to Gary Neville, is it Clive Tilsey in the comms box saying Fred loses the ball? Fred loses position there. I would have been legless at full time. Honestly, the accuracy when it comes to passing was horrendous yesterday. (laughs) That was my problem with it. It's, It's the football basics. And I think bitch, you hit it spot on there when you said you come away from it feeling like it's an opportunity missed because you lack that little area of quality that I feel should come naturally to any footballer on that football pitch. But when it comes to the biggest stage, That's a way to struggle, piecing together the basics and then executing the bigger plan. And I think that's where we've struggled of late. You can agree, you can disagree, get in the live chat, guys. But we're going to move on and we're going to get to the first tweet. And I want to get into this one, uh, which I love. Oh, no, let's just go into this one. How we set up yesterday. It's a, uh, it's a good tweet from in MUFC. Why do people think we were the team sitting back? And I love this because he's commenting on what people were saying online and then provided an actual graph and report of yeah. positions on the pitch. He's backing up his point. Um, watching the game, Stu, did you see a difference in the way United set up yesterday?
2: Well, Ali set up in his normal uh, his normal system. Uh, but what we did do, we were more kind of intuitive in terms of uh, pressing Chelsea in fact, it's probably the best I've seen as press any club uh, this season. Um, and what really surprised me, and I think that kind of surprised Chelsea, uh, is that we were on the front foot pretty uh, pretty quickly. When you go to Stamford Bridge, you always expect Chelsea to be on the front foot, and we just to take up the pressure, but we didn't actually do that. Our issues are, and you're quite right, Ben, we don't have a world-class number nine if you take Cavani out the uh, equation. Um Martial when he comes on, Greenwood when he plays through the middle, they're just not strong enough they don't they, they they can't back into a defender they can't hold the ball up. they can't just stand there static and widen their body frame so I think all, all in all, Ollie got his game plan right. I've always been a, an advocate that sometimes he's got it wrong, but yesterday he actually got it right, and it's one of those bent and uh, bits where it's down to the players. As I said before, to take the game by the scruff of the neck, you've got to make it happen on that pitch. You're on that pitch with, uh, you know, with the rest of your teammates and 11 opposition players, and you should be at this level. They should have the ability to be able to change their play during the game, and this is the big problem that we don't have. If teams come at us, we can get in behind. It's no problem. If they sit, our players, for whatever reason, don't seem to have the wherewithal to. Uh, to change it. And one other thing I'll say about McFred, I'm not a fan of them at all. Not a fan of them all. And when McFred played, they starved Bruno of the football. And you can't starve our most creative player.
0: Interesting. Interesting points. Bits, first of all, let's hit
2: on just quickly, do you think that you saw United
0: sit back for that draw yesterday? Or were you surprised with how we how we went into the game?
1: I think I think everyone's eyebrows raised when we we pushed up so high. Um pressing um a typical Ollie, isn't it? We're all surprised because I come game day. So he's been consistent with that. Um I was quite surprised. Um, did I think we could sustain it? No, because I don't think we're as fit like that. I and mean, we need to remember Scott McTominay was obviously rushed back. Um the thing about Pastor Fred, my friend Indiana, he calls him um past the poor decisions. And yesterday was a great advert for that because um I think, do you know what, on Fred, right? I think Fred, uh, this is no um, derogative on him. I think Fred's a good player, okay? When I say that, I think he should excel what he's good at, winning the ball back and passing it forward or to one of the technical better players. Look, um Golo Kante has made a career off that, winning World Cups, league titles with Leicester and Chelsea. McTominay was obviously not fit, um, you know, but then, what does that tell you if Chelsea can't break that down with all their millions? I'm just putting that in the spanner. Then mm-hmm. um, going forward, I think we did lack quality. Ugh, it, it's tough because I don't know why I started with Rashford through the middle. I don't understand that. We all know the whole fan base knows Rashford's not centre forward. Um, was it the right game to give Greenwood the the number nine jersey, like to start forward? I don't know. Maybe he thought you know something different, but. Yeah, I was surprised overly. Um It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating because we have, you know, we have a quality front three compared to their back their back floor. And it's just, mm-hmm. how is it not possible, you know?
0: Can I, can I just say on that, bit? you made a couple of really, really good points there. One on the Greenwood uh, situation, him starting at number nine. I've been calling it as well. But when you look at Martial's record against Chelsea, if it had gone horribly wrong yesterday and we'd come away with nothing, that is a question mark. So put in mind all the question marks that are already being asked now with a nil-nil draw at Stamford Bridge, that's a question mark. That mm. decision there could have really backfired. And watching the game, Greenwood wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. He, he was making some runs, which we know Martial wouldn't have made. But when it came to it, we needed someone who could hold the ball up as well. I think if we had that element within the game, it could have been slightly different. Additionally, yeah. like you just mentioned there, a slightly – well, I, I know Matic was well, – What didn't he get um, – pulled out of the warm-up or something. He, yeah. he, he wasn't fit. Mm. Um so obviously we had to play McTominay. But my problem is is with if this had have gone wrong with the pressing. And I I think in the first half, I agree Stu. I think more in the first half than the second half, we saw Manchester United so high up that pitch, taking a risk to win the game. I've not seen that before from United to that extent. I thought we were really, really good in that first half, despite not creating a lot. We controlled the game and we looked in pole position. We looked like a club that was battling for the title instead of a club that was battling for fourth place in that first half. Mm, Went to shit slightly in the second, but still. My problem is, there was a few times when Chelsea did counter us. If Chelsea had scored, the question mark is, Oli picked the wrong defence to play that high line. Now, I cannot for the life of me understand why he decided to play a high line and put Lindelof in instead of Eric Bailly. That's not me saying that Lindelof had a bad game. He didn't. He made some really crucial interceptions. He was really good. Maguire was really good. It was justified in the end. But I actually think United dropped back a couple of yards in the second half. And I think it was to aid those counterattacks. My problem is, is Oli set up with that high line, which was the right thing to do. But I think he picked the wrong personnel to execute it. And then in the second half, we dropped back. And we didn't look like the same team in that second half. That's just my two pence on it. And that was just picking up on the points you made. And also, you mentioned N'Golo Kante there, Stu. A big deciding factor, I think, in the game yesterday was that Kante's job was to just stay within a yard. Mm. Like we used to tell Herrera to do to Hazard, stay yeah. within a yard of Bruno Fernandes and nullify him. And he did. didn't matter wherever Bruno Fernandes went, Kante was on his heels. And Kante yeah. had his best game of the season yesterday. How, how important was that to nullify us?
2: Uh, massively important. I've I've been saying for weeks about uh, what a central midfielder's role is and uh, but you, you you described it perfectly, you get the football and you drop it off two yards. That's it. That's what a holding player does. And Kante has made a career out of that. He has gone uh, in his uh, youth a little bit. He did go for, uh, farther forward. He became a box-to-box player, Kante, but he has now dropped. We haven't got anybody on our team that can man-mark a player. We we just haven't. I remember years ago, Phil Neville took uh, uh, Antonio Reyes at the uh, at the Arsenal game. They were unbeaten, and, and uh, Neville just marked him completely. Out of the game, kicked him, pushed him. It's an era, It's an area of our overall squad is we don't have an aggression about us, which you need. One of the things Daniel James had yesterday, you, you must have all noticed. He was, I think, he had a stud issue for one. But secondly, he was kicked from pillar to post pretty much all game. But credit mm-hmm. to the lad, he got up and it didn't bother him. But we don't do that. You know, uh, Mason Mount for the first 15, 20, 25 minutes was superb uh, on the left. He was chasing wan all over the place. Came out to the right in the second half, nearly got himself a goal. We, yeah. we You know, nobody puts in a reducer. It's called a reducer. Nobody sticks a reducer in anymore. The game's gone soft in terms of that. But, you know, if we had that, and coming back to your point about Kante, if we had, and I don't want to go on our, harp on about our older players, like Ince and Keane, et cetera. I don't want to harp on about those, but you almost need that type of footballer because Kante is that type of footballer. He's a disruptor. Hmm. Uh, you know, we don't have a disruptor. So whatever Oli does or the board does in the summer, if we go for a central midfielder, he's got to be a disruptor. Yeah, I but completely you have agree. You're right about Kanté.
0: I thought I thought it was his best game of the season by a country mile yesterday. I think he's done the job that his manager put him on the pitch for. And I, I don't think there's much arguing that. Let um, me come into the comments quickly and just say hello to a few people. Uh, Jamie's on with us. Sam is Joel. Uh, the Maltese devil is there as well. Mark's been in the comments as well. Hello to Jacob. Hello to you guys. Thank you for joining in. Make sure you smash a like on this video. Um, I want to move over to this tweet now, uh, Bits. I'll come to you with this one because I sort of mentioned the defence. So I think this would be a nice, uh, a nice thing to hit on straight off the back of it. Um, I love anyone with a hashtag lasers out in their uh, in their thing. You just know that you're, you're really edging your bet on what kind of tweet you're going to be reading out. But I actually quite like this one. Whenever United have a 0-0 draw against the big six, it's happened a few times this season, the narrative is always Manchester United failed to score, United weren't attacking, et cetera. Essentially, we spoke about that with a sitting back comment just a minute ago. But why does no one talk about the fact that the other team also just didn't score? It leads us back to the fact that I don't think a top six club has scored against us since the Arsenal defeat. Yeah, um, and we had a nil-nil draw against Chelsea just before that. So defensively,
1: we're sound. <laughs> do you know what's funny, isn't it? You can't you can't build a house by starting with the roof. Do you know what I mean? And um, you need to build foundations. And do you, listen. We all know how social media works, especially the. I won't say agenda because that seems to be a buzzword for people to get triggered. I'm just going to say there seems to be a sway of. If my United don't score against, in fact, not even Man United, there, used to, there is a thing about the goalpost being moved. Okay, we haven't scored. But why are we not talking about people scoring against us? Why are we not praising? Instead of seeming to praise Solskjaer for something he is doing, it seems to be the negative. And do you know what, for me, I think being negative gets people more attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea spent quarter of a billion Okay, Tuco didn't, but they spent a quarter of a billion. You had uh, internationals on the p- on the pitch. You had um, players that are destined to be great. You didn't even make a dent against Lindelof and Harry Maguire. And you have to put that into context. You know, you okay, we can talk about them um, going forward, but, you know, what do we praise Jose Mourinho on, Sam Allardyce on, their defence defense pl- um, ways and stuff. So let's keep the same energy. Chelsea spent a quarter of a billion, and failed to score against a top six side in Man United. Sorry, yeah, I bigger your top six. A top four side in Man United. <laughs> unfortunately, the, the the onus is concerned on us because we're Man United. That's it. You know, we could win a game 5-1, but we conceded the goal. Mm-hmm. We, we know how it works. And unfortunately, it's the same, old saying goes, hated, adored, and never ignored.
0: Yeah, yeah a hundred percent spot on with that and and I do agree that um I love that that what do you call it analogy where you just said you, you don't build a house and put the roof on first you've <laughs> got to build those found and love that you are absolutely spot on um Stu just coming back to that then and talking about the foundations uh yeah. defensively of course there's always question marks asked over Lindelof and Maguire as a partnership what did you see yesterday that we got because you you also Stu I know you don't mention it but you played as a defender for a bit didn't you
2: Just just a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. bit. bit.
0: What what did you like yesterday defensively from United?
2: Um, I was more impressed with their communication and their togetherness, uh, actually, which you don't necessarily see with Lindelof and Maguire because they are very very similar. And I may have said it once or twice, uh, but you need uh, polar opposites in centre in in centre half. You need a kind of a Rolls Royce machine, and you need a, a stopper. Simple as that, really. And when you look at Maguire, you would, or look at the two actually in, in their persona and how they uh, approach themselves, you'd see that's that kind of polar opposites. You see Maguire is the big bruiser, you see Lindelof is uh, the Rolls Royce, so to speak. But yesterday, for the first time, they were cl- they played a bit closer together. I know Giroud got in uh, in the first half with a head in which he should have scored, and ZX sh- should have scored in the second half, but there's never a ninety-minute game of football where you will not concede a chance—it just uh-huh. doesn't—it just doesn't happen. And so it, it's how you—and um, I, and I just thought yesterday they defended the, the, uh, the best that I've seen them this season. That's purely on communication. But I, I tend to agree with you, Ben, about your analysis uh, a few moments ago about when we push uh, higher up, we don't have the pace in the back, and Baye has that pace. But sometimes, if you're clever and you're smart and you're on your game being positional can actually eradicate that. 100%, the other yeah. thing about it is, is also the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper, if you've got a commanding goalkeeper, it helps you centre-halves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, De Gea was more commanding than I've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. Really, really ever seen him. And I think that also helped. Um, and I was one who, who advocated Lindelof out by Ian, De Gea out and Henderson in. Okay, Because Henderson is a box commander and I thought it would have been better for us. But... Ollie got it it right yesterday. Mm -hmm. And and anyone that says he didn't, I'm sorry. And I've got to be very careful how I choose my words. It doesn't understand football as a concept, as a game. It's not all about flair players, as as, as you guys have both said today. Our defensive unit won us that, uh, well, drew us that match yesterday. Mm -hmm. If McTominay had just got his pass right, which will probably come on to it, was a basic pass yesterday. Rashford would have scored. We would have won the game 1-0. But anyway, well, or, or,
0: or if we had had the penalty. <laughs> Again, yeah, well, that's the, yeah, that's like, the if from buts and maybes. I yeah. thought we might
2: avoid that one. I didn't know if you wanted well, to. Well, we're, we're going
0: to come back to that. We're going to come back to that and we are going to come back to De Gea. But I just want to quickly make an opposition point um, and, and I'll come to you guys afterwards, um, which Sam Pilger sort of put out to, to us talking, talking here about the, the draw in the defensive unit. Uh, he Sam Pilger tweeted, and I've got it on my phone so I can't put it on the screen. Uh, Solskjaer is celebrated for knowing Man United's attacking DNA but an inability to win or even score from open play in the seven biggest league games this season suggests something is wrong and he is actually rather more cautious. Again, that is the most sensationalised tweet I've read in a very, very long time. Just the use of wording makes it look scary, makes it not look like good reading. Um, I, I'm going to put this out there. Yes, obviously, when you read it like that, it's not a great thing. Um, but again, you know, in some of these games, United are just a decision way, a par, something magical to winning those games 1-0. And if we'd won those seven games 1-0, is anyone actually going to look back and go, They only scored one goal in those games. Plus, also, you say that United have got something wrong with their attacking DNA at the moment or emphasised on a point that we've got an inability to score from open play, potentially in the big games. You've got to look at how many times we've won by over, what, three goals this season. I think we've done it four times, which is the most we've done since Fergie. We know how to score goals. We know how to do it. Is he more cautious in big games? Yeah, I don't know a manager that isn't. What what manager is not more cautious in big games? So again, I don't think this is a down point on Oli. I think this is progression. And also I'm gonna leave it on this one more point on you know the big games and Oli potentially being more cautious. We've got to remember the majority of that squad are players that Oli's still adopted. Like there was only three players in that starting eleven that Oli signed to the club Bruno, yeah. Wambasaka, Maguire. Yeah, yeah, three players. Uh, Dan James, sorry, signed him in the summer. But Dan James was meant to be a first-team player. So four. Four players in that starting eleven. So you've still got a load of players there that he is still getting to know. You've still got a number of players there that haven't been consistent this season. Just look at the goalkeeper. Look at the partnership at centre-back. Look at the midfield too. So, of course, he's going to be a little bit cautious. I think that is wrong to sensationalise that. But again, we'll come back to it. You don't lose your games drawing 0-0 at Stamford Bridge. You don't lose a season or cock up a season by that. Stu, did you want to make a comment? I heard okay. you take a sharp intake.
2: I did. It was, it was only a small comment. And we haven't lost our attacking intensity. What we've lost, for some unknown reason, is our vision when our mm-hmm. wider players... I don't call them wingers. I call a wider players at the front three. When was the last time you saw Rashford or Martial or James or Greenwood attack the corner of the 18-yard box? When was the yeah, last time you saw them pick it up from wide and then cut in diagonally and attack the 18-yard box? I think, That's- Stu, but with that, Stu, isn't it? It's, it's the mentality of, you know, you refer to
1: having players like Keenan and stuff and mentality. We need a player like, you know, like that roughs up play and stuff. We also need some risk takers, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. You know, we always we talk about flair as being run out of the game. You don't really see wingers take on their the full backs and stuff. What happens to just wanting it? You know, just like, actually, do you know what? Fancy yourself, mm. you know, um, just being like, do you know what, yeah, I'm going to get on the end of this. I'm going to get raw, in. Raw, raw talent. Yeah, something you know? right. And that's why I think I call footballers athletes now because mm. a footballer, my winger should want to beat his man um, spin him like a Beyblade, get an assist, try and get get a goal, job done. Do you know what I mean? You can't tell me anything. My attacking shoulder, get on anything at the edge of the box. Do you remember when Keane used to push people? Get forward, Rio used to say, yeah. "Go forward." Yeah. We, we we need players that want it. Like literally today, we are going to win. Do you, mm. do you know what I'm trying to say, guys? Like, like 100%. Do you know? What? Let me break it down for some people. Um, <clears throat> If you go Power League, okay, you go Power League and you play your seven aside, six aside games and it's like a high scoring game and you're down by two, one of you turn around and say, Oi, there's two goals in this, we can get it. We need that kind of right. Like, guys, I know you both said you play football, I used to be full time. I played for Rangers, Rafe Rovers, Clyde, okay. Our manager was Doogie Bell. He used to say to me, We're coming here to win, okay. Drawing is not an option. and I think we need more of those kind of plays because, apart me, Scott Tommy's going forward in that last chance there. And you're saying to yourself, I was in the bloody screen. I'm like, yeah. go on. Got and to score. Like, yeah. And then it's like, did you did you believe in yourself when you've made that pass? Did you really think, you know, and that's what we need. So, sorry to go on, Ben, but, you know. No, I think, I think
0: also we overthought then as well because he hit it with his yeah. heel
1: instead of getting a clean
0: connection to it. It's like, come on, yeah. just put trust in your ability. You pl- <laughs> At the end of the day... You, United used to be the Holy Grail. When you get to United, you know you're at the t- your top level. That's that's the place Absolutely. where you're going to play your best football. No. And, and again, it's like at the moment, it's. I, but then again, I also do feel like, and, and I slightly agree but disagree with this in, in some ways, um, and, and it depends what context you use it, but I also think where we've had quite a few mediocre years under successful years, also expectation levels have gone down slightly on United players, but that, that expectation level should never drop within the club, no matter what's being said on social media, no matter what's being said by bloody clueless youtubers like myself in the grand scheme of things you know at the end of the day the expectation levels within that club should be sky high because Marcus Rashford. We've all seen the inside of Carrington. We've all seen the inside of the stadium. These players, and I, I said Marcus Rashford, then, but Greenwood. You know, even going down to Hugill, to Ahmad. All these players. They walk past pictures of Ruud van Nistelrooy, Eric Cantona, Georgie no, Best. All of no. these players. All these murals. That's who you aspire to be like, Duncan Edwards. You aspire to be like them. You don't aspire to be like the player that Ben Pierce wants you to be. That he puts on social media. You aspire to be like them. And that's where the expectation levels within the football club need to get up. And I think that's where Oli can get us. I I think he knows. And I think he's seen enough from the greatest manager ever to, to, to get us to a point with that. But then it's also down to the players. The players need to... Get in that mindset, 100%. and like you said, and, and do that. I, I also want to quickly hit on. I wanted to hit on something else then, but I can't. I actually can't remember what I was going to say, so I'm just going to move on to the next point. Um, <laughs> but I think that really, really good point was. Oh no, that was it. You said a bit of rawness and freshness. Bits. So I, I don't know about you, and, and we won't go too deep into it. Um, I was screaming for him to bring on Amad Diallo yesterday because I just felt he was a risk taker. Just. Again, I know. I know he's not ready in his development potentially, but when you need someone to do something different, give him 15 minutes. It's not going to disrupt the team. I think I think Rashford had no
1: influence on the game at all. Correct. Give it a go, give it what a go. What did Fergie used to do? What did Fergie used to do when he had these players and stuff? He'd say he is fearless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, He's look, too young that, to care. Yeah. yeah, do you know <laughs> the thing? Fergie said, "If you it doesn't matter about your age. If you are if you're good enough, you know, what I mean, you'll play whatever." Right. My thoughts on this is this year. You know, Fergie used to have. You remember Makeda? No one expected that mm-hmm. goal against Aston Villa. You know. Do you know what it does to a player, a young player, to say, you're going on, mate, 20 minutes, go with me the game. You're going to run five, ten yards more, more than you would normally. You're going to do anything. And also, we have this wonder kid. I'm going to call him a wonder kid, because um, the few minutes I've seen him, that's what he's getting right now. But um, um, We saw him beat a man. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah it's exactly. like, and you know, like we, we, we seem to forget that Man United is a place where people can express themselves. Fergie used to say this all the time, go and express yourself. People say, like, go out there and win, lads. No, go out and express your talent, okay? And unfortunately, I feel football's kicking these players out. Like, what? yesterday was screaming out for something different. Run at Asper, Aspie. I'll say Aspie because it's sort of... Yeah. Just- got lens,
0: run at him. Well, Even, I just want to say, bit. this this isn't us saying Oli got it wrong, he should have started really. the other. he should have bought the other one, but this is, this is us saying, you know, the game was crying out for something like that, of, of our opinion, why not? Like, why not? And, and again, there's going to be arguments as to why not. That's that's, that's absolutely fair enough. But when a yeah. game needs a bit of rawness, a bit of freshness, a bit of something different because it's gone stale, surely that's the point, as you've mentioned there, of having that, someone like that that Amit the other. That
1: other is, positive. See, do you know what the funny thing about football is um, when you see your colleague run more, you run more. Yes. When you see your colleague be more positive, you're thinking, actually, yeah, let's go forward more. And it's it, it's like we need all our quality quality players to play well. And you know the old saying goes: if you're a good player, you can play anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Just just just, do you know what I mean? Just roll the dice. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Just like, do you know? Because do you know what? If it does, if we draw nil nil, we as fans, YouTubers, and stuff can be like, do you know what? Actually. He tried. He tried to mix it up, mm. you know, for a player. Um, but if you don't do it, it's like, why
2: Why is he there? And I always have to ask this question. Why do we bring in these young players and don't use them? Yeah. Do, do, you know, do you know what it is, Bits? Sorry to put it in, nice. It's a bit of a mentality issue. I mean, you're probably old school like me, but it's, um There's no bad winners anymore. There's no bad winners anymore. I was a terrible winner and a terrible loser because yeah. if we won the game... Three four nil, whatever we're going to change your room. Well, why didn't we win six? Exactly, you know, why, did, why didn't you pop that header in from six yards? You know, so we had uh eight or nine bad winners. and all the teams I've ever played in have had those bad winners and bad loser mentality. And you would have been brought up that way playing uh for Rangers and playing you know, the look you did, you yeah. Know, winning sometimes isn't enough, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't have that. The modern game, the modern footballer doesn't have that oh well we got we got beat or whatever oh, it's never good enough <laughs> ever good enough. Well me and
1: sorry Ben. I'll, the last thing i'm saying I, i'm with you on that too because for me yeah well if we lost it even at clyde and Ridge, if we lost it'd be like you should have done that you should have done that i should have done this yeah. bar like, you, you can't just be like oh the 13 because if you run your socks off and you you get if you if you if your quality isn't there but your effort isn't there. That's when you start looking at yourself. But then yeah. you, the attitude has to always be "When I'm Absolutely. not coming here, travelling on this bus, to sit here and then shake your hand, like, yeah, good game, mate. Thanks very much. Um, well done. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not interested that. in that. Same, man. We need to yeah. be... Yeah. I'm going to go over record and say saying this. We need to be in Man United. We need some players to be very scummy. When yeah. I say scummy, kick someone. I'm not saying individually, like, go out and hurt someone, but see a tackle... Leave a bit of something on him and then look at him and be like, "You're in a game, mate." Anders Herrera used to do this. He's very to. subtle, you know. Yeah. Uh, sorry, mate, I'm going on, but yeah, Stu, 100% agree with you, man. No, it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting your points, mate. I think ah, they're hey. the
0: money. Sorry, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm looking down. I'm not tweeting off the phone. I'm not. I'm listening. To, that's why I'm going like this, like nodding. Like I'm
1: not like reading the pages. Like, oh. Do you know oh, what? Like, no, see, this, see, Kovacic, right? Yeah. We yeah. could have done with someone like Kovacic. Do you know yeah, Kovacic? Yeah. Kovacic breaks the player down. He runs with the ball. He creates. And do you know what I love about Kovacic? He tackles. Yeah. He like you know he actually wants to tackle. It's not like this like shoulder bars jockey. Nah, bro, you're not getting past me. Tackle. And yeah. do you know what I love about Kovacic? He gets up after getting hit, and you know you know he's gonna hit you back. I <laughs> love that. Thank I you. absolutely love I that. Like- I love uh, I'll tell you this, yeah, I play centre mid, yeah, I tell you what, I I respected a player, see if I give it to you and you give me it back, I'm like, yeah, do you know what, one of us has to earn our win today, and Roy Keane and Vieira said this, and I always hate going back to them, Roy Keane said, if I beat Vieira, I knew Man
2: United won. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) true. it's exactly right that is
1: do you know do you know what though as
0: well i think you've summed up nice a competition. he does the dirty work and he puts in these eight hour 10s without being a star name and without getting man on a match etc but for anyone to even even conclude that he might be a world class footballer or a very very good footballer he needs to get 10 goals a season that's the problem with football at the moment oh, and how it's moved on and how it's changed with social
2: media you, you've hit somewhat on there, Ben, because uh, and bits might agree with me or disagree with me on this one, but I was never bothered one little bit whether I was awarded man of the match or not. Did exactly. I play well enough? Mm-hmm. I, I was my biggest critic, and I bet your bits was as well. Nobody yeah, yeah. cares about man of the match, and Ben, you've hit such a solid point there. Uh, too many players now are bothered about, well, I haven't got man of the match, but I, you know. You've hit on a solid point there, Ben, and it gets missed. And this is why I sometimes talk about people really understanding the game. Really oh, understanding oh, what is. Well, about. That, that, that's that's what happens when obviously you've got public platforms and so many people around their views, which
0: is great in one way because look at the conversation we've had to, we've had off the back of someone's tweet. Like it's an amazing yeah. avenue to be able to go down and something Brilliant. that potentially wasn't even thought about when someone put that tweet together. That that's what public forums all about. It's about being able to do that respectfully, which which we like to do, and obviously which these people have,
1: have also done on social media. What I a, don't have a more volume, by the way. I'm just what's out. that? Chelsea bought him for £40 million.
0: Yeah, it was yeah, a did, deal, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Let's move on to this tweet from John Harrison. You hit on it earlier on, and I said I'd come back to it, Stu. So let's talk about David De Gea. That save, let's just scroll down to the image, that save, uh, the way he moved his body. Uh, John, John coaches, he put what's so impressive, uh, is, is, is a, sorry, a goalkeeping coach. He said, what's so impre- impressive about this David De Gea save is the ability to readjust his weight distribution as he's shuffling across goal. This is what allows him to generate enough force onto the ball to deflect it away from goal. I mean, that save there, Stu, shows
2: what an elite goalkeeper David De Gea is, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's um, It reminded me of, uh, although it was a different save, Schmeichel's save against Rapid Vienna. Yes,
0: they are the de- yeah. You know, yeah. the
2: dexterity. Uh, the strength of the, by the way, the strength of the of the of the hand and the arm to 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 kind of palm it away was something unbelievable. Kovacic on his left foot, uh, sorry, not Kovacic, Zieck on his left foot. When he strikes a ball with that power, it's a goal all day long. But he was uh, he was it was an amazing save. David de Gea is probably one of the best shot stoppers. Uh, in the Premier League, probably up there in the top five in world football. His Achilles heel, for some reason, is his command of the box and his inability sometimes to re- uh, to unroot himself from his, uh, from his goal line. And I think if he could, and it's too late for him to add that to his game now, and that's the problem. And that's why I think people are calling for Henderson to maybe come in. Now, is Henderson making that save from yesterday? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, But is Henderson's overall game as good as De Gea's or close to? I think it is. And I think in the summer, and I hate to say this because De Gea's been with us, is it 10 years, 11 years now? 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And I hate to say it. I think Ollie might have a decision to make come Mm -hmm. the summer about what he does with our goalkeeping. But yeah, that particular save, I'm not a goalkeeper, never have been, uh, wouldn't know. But that particular save was absolutely up there with it's the best in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I it's thought. definitely
0: definitely great to watch, wasn't it? Uh, Bits, what about you? What about that? That that was a key moment in the game, wasn't it? A fantastic save, but also De Gea's overall performance. There's a few touchy moments, poor distribution at times, as Stu said. There, I think it's really hard to get those things right when you're, you're a, you know you're in your final five, six, seven, eight years potentially. Can he add that to, to his game? Do you think? Do you think after that performance yesterday, De Gea? Oh, oh, he's gone. Oh, no. I've lost him. I've lost <laughs> what him. <happened>? He's disappeared. I was <laughs> setting him up there to have to say on whether you he was player's number one or not. He was literally just about to score the goal. He, he was in that situation. <laughs> then his internet's gone. No, I'm going <laughs> to save you from this one. I'm going to really. save you from this one. I'm not going <laughs> to let this ball go past <laughs> you at all. At all. Oh, I, I wonder if I pad out for long enough, he'll come straight back in. Or if yeah, that pad is pad the case, that his internet has gone. Um, just quickly on the hair, I, I do want to say that I agree with you Les Stu. Um, I personally was called in obviously for Henderson to start, which mm. is all round as a goalkeeper. He, he, he's he got many more to his attributes. But I think again, those two. it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Midfielders can have eight out of 10 games because they do the defensive duties and the dirty work that doesn't get spoken about. Uh, and, and they can put that in and still need to add 10 goals to their game to be considered as an elite goalkeeper. Yeah. In this day and age, in this day and age, you're not considered an elite goalkeeper unless you make 150 successful passes during the game. Again, yeah. that's that style isn't for every team. Like, oh, here we go, bits. He's, He's back.
2: back. Hey.
1: I was just I, I saying, I haven't got a clue. I tried to unmute myself, and, and for then some just reason, kicked my cuss. So I've got stuck. Uh, oh, I do sorry. apologize, guys. Stu, I was on, saying that I was about to set you up then
0: to have the point on whether De Gea should stay in goal or be dropped. Yeah. And, and Henderson come in and your internet went, no, nah, I'm going to save <laughs> you from this one. <laughs> put out his long arm and, and stopped it. Go, no, but go on. What, what did you make of De Gea yesterday? A bit shaky at times, a couple of great saves. But but then again, also, where, where are you at with the argument or the conversation on Hendo or David in goal?
1: So I think, yes, this performance kind of was two adverts, isn't it? Why he's still... You can't you can't um call him you can't just you know close the chapter on his Man United career. And then there was times where you're like, Yeah, get him off the park, you know, passing the ball to was it Giroud, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I've got I've got two sights on that. I don't think he should have been given the ball at the time. I think we need to be confident to turn out, you know. I hate when centre backs always pass back to the goalkeeper because I think you're a coward. And that's all because I play centre mid. I think You should, if this was training, you'd give me the ball. So just turn out with it. Um, Think about Henderson. I think you have to pick one at the beginning of the season and say, you are my number one goalie. And he's obviously done that with De Gea. The thing about De Gea, I think mentally, I don't think De Gea is here. When I say that, I think he was supposed to leave. And he never got that. And we've seen that in players like Player So the only unfortunate for De are when he makes a mistake, it's a goal. Mm. You know, um, Henderson, I said that on my podcast, I said, I think I'd love to see Henderson get a run of 10 games just to showcase what he's about. Let's see it, you know, because, you know, show me, put, put your money on the table. And be like, okay, this is you because we've seen um, Dean Henderson is dominant. He's confident, you know. Do we overhype him because he's english i think there's a sense of that uh, but for now after watching and reading i don't think we drop the hair just yet because mm-hmm. for me hear me out boys we are going to attract another part of media towards my united that ollie right now does not need because mm-hmm. it's going to be questions or oh, david De Gea is not playing he's not in the squad that that puts pressure on dean henson you know, we saw what the cameras are like on Sky Sports. They're very, very sneaky. They'll put the camera on certain players, you know, to see people's reaction. I think, listen, he's kept a clean sheet away to Chelsea. You know, I'm old school. If you play well, you keep your jersey. You pick your goalkeeper, he's your goalkeeper. Until David De Gea physically chucks one in the net, we we have to keep going with them. And I know a lot of people, I might sound like a flip-flop because I'm saying I want to see Dean Henderson. But we need to, we need to look at context, you know, Is David De Gea still one of the top five goalkeepers in the Premier League? Yes, he is.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, I I would say that. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with
1: that. On what evidence, are we saying Dean Henderson should be our number one? One season with Sheffield United? Do you
0: know what I think that is? Though bits part of that is, is that we all love the fairy tale of a young footballer being given the yeah. games and the opportunities to grow. And I think we all think that the only way that a footballer can improve is by playing first team minutes um, wow. and uh, and being in there within the big games. I think we'll learn a lot from Oli's mindset if and when we potentially get to FA Cup and Europa League semi finals. Now, Dean Henderson played the Carabao Cup semi final against City, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, if we do that, if we get there. Because last season, we played Romero all the way up to the semi-finals and then De Gea came back in. I I think only then will we really get an understanding as to whether how much Oli trusts and has Dean Henderson in his plans. Do you know what, though? Do you know what frustrates... Not frustrates me, um, but I heard whispers in the summer that Chelsea were willing to pay £60 for Dean Henderson. Mental. £60 million for Dean Henderson. And and, and do you know what... in my head, I'm thinking, well, if you really, as a manager, look, I don't, I, I, I never, I I want the fairy tale to happen. Dean Henderson's mm. a Manchester United, United boy at heart. I want him to become United's number one and show us that he's as good, if not better, than De Gea over the next yeah. decade. I want that more than anyone. But I'm sat there and I'm like, well, Ollie, you, you knew Romero wasn't going to go anywhere because of how high his wages is. You know, the Grant's going to be sat there. You know, you know, Pereira's back from loan. If you've got.
2: He's, He's froze, yeah. What what I was going to say until he unfreezes himself. Bits is <laughs> the, the the issue that we've got with goalkeepers. It's so specialist, isn't it? It's the transfer yeah. period. It's the blood in the blood in the, the new goalkeeper in that succession got uh, successive goalkeeper. Oh, it went. What am I back? Back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then yeah.
0: I just completely we, lost my internet.
2: That's all right. We were just oh, talking. No, oh, <laughs> I was just saying, yeah. Oh, I was just saying to bits, really, on the back of what you were saying, uh, Ben, is that because uh, the goalkeeper position is so specialist, it's the transition period that yes. ollie has got to manage.
0: Well, for, well, I, right. I was, I was going to say that. I, I, my thinking yeah. is, is this can go one of two ways. This is either the perfect transition period, potentially. Yeah. And I've said that we need to be patient with Van der Beek because I feel like he's actually being managed well. The worst yeah, thing to yeah. do would have been to just chucking in from the start and hope for the best. So my hope with Van Der Beek and, and, and Henderson is this, he's he's managing them right. This is a transition period. If not, and if he's like, well, let's keep it here for another year. Give him a massive tr- contract and hope for the best. Ignore that £60 million offer. For me, that's that was the wrong way to manage Dean Henderson. Like uh, agreed. That, that agreed. would have been the time to go, right, go play your football elsewhere. Go. But as I said. Fingers crossed, it all works out. Um, now I'm worried about my internet. Let's go on to the final talking point. Um, but yep. again, David Haye yesterday, brilliant, absolutely yep. brilliant. He he did. Um, what might have cost us three points, though, bits? The VAR decision. VAR. I feel like to talk about VAR for <laughs> the weekend. I absolutely hate it now. Just look at that. Look at that. His Muscle arm position. is nowhere near his body. What Muscle is going condition. on? Do you think that? So go on then, bits. Penalty or no penalty?
1: Honestly, I think it's a penalty. If we're going to go by the rules, OK...
0: Bits on that, sorry to butt in. So you've just said there in, in, in your thoughts penalty and then you've gone on about the rules. Just quickly on that, and, and please jump back into what you was about to say, but do we even know what the rules are
1: anymore? Like, in, no. in, in, Do the refs even know? Like, <laughs> who has a clue? Do, do you know what? You're right, mate, because do you know what? There's no consistency. And I, I get before there was a thing about if it hits your hand, it's a penalty... Then we should have just kept the same energy. However, in this instance, you know, as you can see, he's put his hand up there to 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 make um, an effect on the play, as in he he moved his hand hit to hit the ball, so it affected Chelsea in the sense that it goes away from Greenwood. Now, there's <laughs> they say there's no intent. There is intent. Look at his hand. All I'm going to say is this: Why is his hand up there? Because if, if you don't want to commit a foul or do anything, you put your hands up. You're like, I didn't touch it, blah, blah. And for me, yeah, there's no consistency with the referees all across the board. And that's why they don't go to big tournaments and stuff. For me, it's a penalty. Uh, people are going to say, like, oh, you're clutching. I don't think I'm clutching because I tell you what, when you see that picture, when they slow it down, it's a handball. What is that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's not. He's, he's like he's trying to, like, caress it to... to, to to um, this, a different side of pitch so Greenwood can get For me, it, it's poor and uh, you don't want to be the club that like, oh, we should have had that. But we're just talking facts here. It's not even an opinion. It's can I fact. just say
0: this? Can I just caveat that with is I think the explanation you've given is absolutely perfect. But even if that was an accidental handball, it's still a handball. It's a penalty. Yeah. And and do you know what? I'll even go back to say this. And I said this online. I don't want to see that given as a handball. Potentially within the rules of the game, because it's just something that's so menu. Like for me, a deliberate handball is a like arm out or a deliberate movement towards towards the ball to punch it away or move it away. So yeah. potentially in my head, I don't want that to be a handball and a penalty. But from what we've seen, handballs given for for what the rules of the game are and currently are, I how's that not? I I just how is that not a penalty? The only argument you've got is if it hits Greenwood's arm first and then hits his hand. Which it doesn't. It hits his hand, goes to Greenwood's arm, and then hits his hand again, mm. twice in unnatural Mental. positions. Stu, Mental. what about you? Are, are you as baffled about this?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, you know, that, that it's a stone wall penalty. I'm not even going to uh, say anything else about it. If if he was trying to get across his man, uh, if he was trying to shield the ball, his arms completely in the wrong position anyway, because it'd be across his chest. Or it'd be slightly leaning into, into it with his shoulder, and his shoulder would have taken the uh, the bounce of the ball. So um, he's, he, he he runs a little bit like a fairy, anyway, doesn't he, hudson um, And I and I just think I, yeah, and I just think well, it doesn't even with his hand being there, it won't even give you balance, will it? But uh, not where you are, it won't offer you the balance. It's the whole body position is wrong. What I don't understand. Is if you are, if VAR says to the referee, please go and look at the monitor,
1: they are telling him, him,
2: they are saying to the referee, there is a penalty there. You know, they're not telling him straight away. They're saying, please just go and look at the monitor because we believe there's a penalty. And if he can't see that then he really shouldn't be on a professional football Dude, can I quickly hit on that? Sorry to in yeah, again. So Gary Neville
0: said in his podcast, apparently they get VAR in their ear, in one side of their mm. ear, and they get a VAR screen. So apparently what the VAR official said to the on-field ref was, the terminology was, we need you to check this for potential handball. So no longer, apparently at the start of the season, they would say, potential check, we think this is a penalty, and give their thoughts. Now they're not. It's, we All need right. you to look at this. Here's a potential penalty. Now, here's where I come back to it. The whole purpose for VAR is clear and obvious errors. Anyone, yeah. by the way, who is going, oh, no, it was good. He went to the screen and made his own mind up. Rubbish. I'm, I think, I if think, I if think, it's a clear and obvious error, I don't care yeah. what his opinion it's, is. It's a handball. Yeah.
1: If referees, no. Referees, no. I mean, Mason, uh, what's the name the first? I Mason, the referee people want to be referees yeah they want to be referees but they don't want the attention which is weird isn't it because mm-hmm. you sir are the authoritative on the park so how can you how can you front away from attention i personally think the referee bottled it and this is not me being derogative to the referee i think he had the, he had the decision to make there and he opted not to um uh, can I, ask you, can I ask you a
0: spin-off question just on that? And you, oh, Sorry, you were just saying that you think they're waiting on VAR. But for you, should VAR be taking that out of the off-field referee's hands? Because that is a clear and obvious error. If we're going to use this technology properly, like they do with the lines for offside to tell the official, you're wrong, that was offside because his, his elbow or shirt was in front of his toe, should then VAR be saying to the ref on situations like this where they go and have a look at the screen, well, look, actually, by the rule book, um, here's here's what the decision is. We need to take a bit longer on this. We need to ask someone else who's independent. I know it's getting more people involved, but that's the wrong decision. The the on-field ref got it wrong. Now, the VAR didn't instruct the ref to make that decision or determine what the decision of that is. But then surely that is down to VAR. It's to say, go and have a look. Actually, this is a penalty. Can you confirm? If then the ref goes, well, I don't think it's a penalty and here's what, why. Varney then turn around and go, yeah, but by letter of the rule A, B, C or D, this is why it's a penalty. Why yeah. is that not being used? I, I don't get it.
1: I think we need to remember what VAR stands for. Video assistant Referee, Assistant. So if you can't call it, we will assist you to Absolutely. make a decision. Absolutely. Now,
2: Absolutely.
1: is VAR there on level with the referee, or is it there to say actually no? Because why are we telling referees to go watch something because they have missed something, or they mm-hmm. need to confirm? We need to confirm to you, by the letter of the law, this is a penalty. This mm-hmm. is why it's there's nothing natural about it. Um, I think what it is now referees are bottling it. VAR, it's like they don't want to be in the headlines. But listen, do you know what? When Vaughn gets it right, no one makes any noise.
2: <laughs> well, That's what
1: I'm going to say. When it gets it right, yeah. no one makes any noise at all. Yeah, I I agree
0: with that. And let me read this this tweet quickly as well, which I think also hits it spot on. Uh, Mark Robinson, as, as part of that conversation, I haven't actually read his tweet out yet. Over the past month, United have been denied six points by incorrect refereeing decisions. That would have halved the gap to City and had us clear in second by seven points. But this will be ignored as it doesn't fit the media narrative that United only benefit from refereeing decisions. Additionally to that, all anyone's talking about this morning are Luke Shaw's comments. And all anyone's talking about this morning is how Luke Shaw should be banned and how, you know, United get all the decisions and Oli's disgruntled because of how there's influence at the moment with the referees making these decisions. So just very briefly, and I want to keep this really briefly, Stu, have you seen a change with refereeing decisions when it comes to United games since Klopp's comments and in the aftermath? Do you think that there's potentially some sort of mentality shift when it comes to the officiated? I, would I, it or, or would it? Do you think in your head, could it make an impact on referees with these comments? Let me rephrase that question slightly.
2: Well, I, I think it probably has. Uh, and, and I think um, Fergie was uh, renowned for mind games, uh, putting pressure, pressure on referees. He's been in the game for years, absolutely years. And I kind of see what the guy's saying in his tweet. But, I, you know, it is what it is. I don't buy into tweets like that because... You can't do anything. You can't claw six points back or seven points back. It, it it just is what it is. What I think it's affected more is our players. I think it's affected, uh, as I said to you before, I think it's affected our um, our forward players not darting into the box as much as they were do uh, they were doing prior to these comments of Lampard, Klopp, etc. And I think that's been our biggest problem. Why we're not getting the spot kicks because we're not we're not attacking those areas. So I. Look, the referee's got a, a, a horrible job to do, but they've got it wrong on this occasion. And I just take moving forward now, and what happened with the Lee Mason-Brighton uh, uh, goal where he blew the whistle and Lewis Dunk scored, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They need to go back and re-look at what they're doing as referees. Yeah. And, and I don't think as a club or as players or as fans, you can buy into conspiracy theories, Ben, as much as you like. We all oh, do. I'm, not,
0: I'm not trying to do that. I suppose I'm trying to enter no, it. No, no, sorry. I wasn't saying of... From a position of do you think that these comments might have got in the referee's mind does, does that impact uh, the game
2: yeah i wasn't generalising. i wasn't saying you i was just generalizing him, yeah yeah you know, you know and, and fans can do that rightly but for me you're a player uh, and bits will agree with me on this you get on with it on the pitch Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I suppose I completely understand what you're saying as well about the trade. I think to be to credit to Mark, I think you could... Tweets like this, you could read in one of 7,000 different ways as well. I personally took this as him saying United, obviously, are constantly in the media for benefiting from decisions. However, in hindsight, United have actually been cost more than other teams around us in the most recent light because of refereeing decisions that have gone against us. And let's not forget that the Refereeing Association messaged and wrote personally to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to tell them that they got the decisions wrong against Sheffield yeah, United, Sheffield's which right, means yeah. naffle afterwards. Why even, what why would you do that? Anyway, bits, let me kind of oh, okay. just, just, just find out on you as well. Also, Connor's made a point in the live chat. No one's talking about Mount's kick out either on Fred yesterday, which was clear as day. Um so what 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 do you think? Do you think people talking has got in referees' heads or, or do you not do you not buy that? How how you know how, how is it for you?
1: I think uh, you know the funny. Th- the funny thing is, we had a manager who was absolutely fantastic at it. You know, mm-hmm. he his psychology and the way he 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 said things to cause doubt. You know, funny thing. You know when you go to court, right? They say to you, um, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you are guilty, your job is to defend yourself and cause doubt. Now, Liverpool. We're going for a. I call them cookie crumble FC, okay, because they crumble, okay, and, and they have crumbles, you know. And um, Klopp was trying to cause doubt in the referees' minds because we were getting so many fouls. But ask yourself this: Why were we getting so many penalties? Because people were fouling us in their box. It's it's not an <laughs> agenda. <laughs> you were fouling <laughs> in the box, and my little or the rule is: if it's in the box, it's a penalty. Now, we were converting them very much. I think Bruno only missed one. But my point is that this happens all the time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It just happens all the time. Fergie done it for 26 plus years, you know. Uh, even when Fergie would tap his wrist, we knew that was causing doubt in managers. The persona is that we don't have um, strong referees. That's it. That's what I'm going to say. When We don't have strong referees mm-hmm. that can come out and be like, yeah, it's a penalty. This is why it's a penalty. We move. You know that I'm in charge. Deal with it. Unfortunately, uh, because it's Man United, we do. It does create doubt. You know, the referee after that statement, the referees don't want to be that referee that gave Man United the penalty. That's it. Yeah. And, and that's all I can say on it. It's sad because you know we we have been done by some shocking decisions. You exactly. know, um, and. And it does, it does, you have to have the discussion because it's like, you, do you know what, if it's a stonewaller, you have to say to him, why could you not give it, especially with VAR, then you have to question everything involved. So yeah, it does, I mean, Cop knew what he was doing, great great tactic by him, I actually applaud it, it's working, you know, as long as you can cause doubt, the referee, like I said, I'll repeat this, the referees now don't want to be the referee that gives Man United penalty. It's a great Very point. Great. It's a
0: fantastic point. Fantastic yeah. point. Again, I go back to it. Like you said there about the Stone Wall, that for me is just the inconsistency of VAR. Like, and I get they're changing it throughout the season, probably changing rules and changing the way you use things that are so crucial, and the fine margins between winning and losing games is people would have benefited off of similar decisions earlier on in the season and are now not benefiting from it from the start of the season. You need to reform in one go. You, you don't change things every two to three weeks like they're doing at the moment. So, guys, thank you for that. Bits awesome. and Ross on the football terrace. Uh, I'll be joining okay. you over there at some point soon in a couple of weeks, mate. Thank you for coming yes, on. And, uh, thank you to Stu as well for being on, too. Oh, too. Uh, pro- Probably you. on Walter Race tomorrow, will not you be, Stu? I, 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 uh, I think
2: so. Yeah, I think nice. so,
0: yeah. Nice. Well, thank you, guys. We'll be back with a very... Very special podcast tomorrow. I'm so excited for this. Midday tomorrow, we've got Tony, known as Mr. Moojack on Twitter. We've got John Gubba, uh, who is uh, part of the Red Mancunian movement, and we have also got uh, Roy Kavanagh, MBE, author and historian. They are all going to be historians. Sorry, they're all going to be on talking about mm-hmm. the fact that Manchester United have now broken that 4,500 barrier of a, of a consecutive games with an academy player within our squad. We're going to be going back, seeing where the tradition came from talking about some of our best ever products and having a good old chit chat about the years gone past as well and how that all looks. How long can we maintain that record for the future? Join us on United Daily Tomorrow. We're going to get out of here. Have a good Monday. Stay safe all.